You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Uncensored Direct Marketing. I have a very special guest with us today. I have Sven, the owner and founder of Digistore24. So welcome, Sven. Thank you, Maria. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, Sven, I, I mean, I'll let you get to a, a, a short intro of yourself. But one thing that I, I found interesting when I was kind of preparing for the episode and, and looking at your your profile, your mission statement. So you say your mission is to help people monetize their passion by driving digital innovation. Tell me what that means yes. for you. Like, give me an example. So my company, Digital 24, is an online infrastructure for um, online payments, for affiliate marketing, and uh, let's say basically, let, let's just say for online sales in general. So uh, my company and therefore I, we are empowering people to do sales online. So as a focus, we see traffic and conversion as like one of our, the, like the most important factors we're actually working on. And of course, this um, enables me to help a lot of entrepreneurs and that that's my biggest passion. And usually they sell information products. They sell uh, information about relevant things. They are passionate about, passionate about themselves. So I think it's great. I mean, the digital age makes it really possible. If you have a hobby, if you have an interest, if, if you've got something you're passionate about, you can monetize it. You can make a digital product, you can create a digital product, you can sell it online, you can do uh, marketing on social media, etc. And I think that's just a great thing. And that's my mission. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. So kind of diving in a little bit to your history and how you got to, to, to you know, create, um, you know, what the world knows as, as Digistore24. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, what, what led you to this path to start this company? So I was, I used to be a dentist, but, um, that wasn't really fun for me. I always knew like I was kind of entrepreneurial, you know, I wanted to grow a business. I was somehow, um, profit oriented. I want to create rent, wanted to create revenue. So already in my, uh, student days, I felt like everything was a little bit off. And so I really started, like, I tried to figure out how could I start a business coming like from a background without any money because my parents are not wealthy or anything. So I don't inherit anything. I, they cannot give me money. So I was trying to figure out like, while I was studying, how, how can I actually start a company? Because that's what I ultimately wanted. Um, so I, so I came across online marketing and, uh, Google ads and stuff like that. And that was already in my studies. And after I graduated uh, as a dentist, I I kind of played around with online marketing. I created my first eBooks. I sold them online, and um, it was quite successful after a while. However, I needed a platform to make my life easier. It was really hard. Like there is like if you want to do online sales, it's not just like creating an eBook, a product you actually like 
10 years ago, uh, there was no real infrastructure online for selling your eBooks properly. Okay. So what I tried was I, I tried to bring all, all the things I technically needed uh, together, uh, create a platform that I could use for my own products. And I just told my friends about it and they, they liked it and they shared it among, and, uh, between them, because, you know, this online marketing world is pretty small, especially 10 years ago was a lot smaller than it is now and, uh, kind of became viral. And here we are. Wow. That, well, so, I mean, you know, the, 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 the nice thing about that is almost like rags to riches kind of story is, is the best entrepreneurs are always the ones that have to kind of, you know, figure out and dig and, and find solutions and, and nothing handed to them. So, you know, I commend you for that and, and growing such a nice company. So digging in a little bit into Digistore 24, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with different people on your team. Um, and one thing I noticed is that it just seems like everybody's kind of scattered all over the world. So I'm assuming that's not just COVID related. That maybe is something that was a, a vision or a part of your, you know, growth uh, was to kind of hire people from different parts of the world. Yes, it already started like the founding team, me and my partners, um, like from the very get go, we we lived in different cities, so in different parts of, of Germany, actually. And the thing about us was like every one of us liked to work from home. So we couldn't have like a central gathering place where we would meet like in, in, in an office. And uh, for many, many years, we had a bad conscience about it. We felt bad about it. We're like, oh, we're not like we're not like the other companies are. We, we, we should be more serious. We should have like a central office and everyone should live like in the same town. But that was never really a thing for us. Like we, it, it, it just evolved naturally. So, um, and, and later on, we tried to centralize everything into like one central place. But we quickly ran into the challenge that we like, being a tech company and we're really a software company, um, you need the best talent, but the best talent is distributed everywhere. Like there is like very rarely there's like a central place where you can find all the best people. Maybe Silicon Valley, maybe that's a place. But the problem about Silicon Valley is um, there's these big companies, you're competing with Google, Amazon, et cetera, for uh, for developers, et cetera. So I, I could never afford that because we didn't, yeah. uh, you know, we didn't like get VC funds or anything. So we just built the company organically. Uh, we never got any, you know, we never had any investor or loan or anything. It just grew organically. And that was really possible by finding the best people, finding a way to collaborate uh, through the distance and, uh, work remotely and so that kind of became our dna and uh let's say during the during the let's call it covid period it turned out to yeah to be a big advantage because we didn't have yeah. to change anything we were already there so we could operate normally so i mean at digistore 24 like and and your daily you know your your daily day, daily conundrums and and stuff that's going on what do you 
what's, what do you love the most about your role there? Like, what do you like? Like, if you can just say, you know what, I just want to focus on this and that's it. What, what is that? Like the, the thing that you love the most about the company and, and doing specifically? What I really like about my role being the founder and CEO, we also have a CEO for the US business, Francis Wolf, is that I can be creative, that I can shape like the whole thing as a whole, not just an aspect, not just like, okay, uh, the marketing or the sales or the software. I can shape everything in one big piece. And, and it's like an intellectual game. I think of like, just like a sports team, I want to win. I want to win. Like, how do I know if I win? If we make, if we create revenue and if people actually use the software, if I see that, then I win. And that's really fun for me to create things that are valuable to other people. And I think this is also like the ultimate purpose because a lot of people are searching for a purpose, a higher purpose in life. And how can I find my passion, my vision, my mission, my purpose? Well, it's very, in my, in my opinion, it's quite simple. You have to find, find a way to create value for other people. That's really fun for you. And then you'll be taken care of. Then you won't count the hours till let's say the end of the workday, et cetera. Then everything will be really fun. And then life feels really meaningful. And then you never get like into a situation in which, oh, you reached that goal. And now you're depressed because you already reached your goal. If your goal is to help other people and to empower other people, it never stops. But the process is fun. And the process releases dopamine. And ultimately, ultimately let's say, uh, neurophysiologically, that's what you want. Okay. Well, no, I mean, you know, I, I always, when I, when I meet different founders of different companies, I'm always curious, you know, what keeps them going? You know what I mean? What, like for me, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, uh, managing and, and, you know, owning, I, I, I founded direct pain and it's been 12 years. And sometimes I'm like 12 years. That's like, I never imagined myself prior to direct pain and I could never hold a job more than two years. Cause I was like, I just, I, I gotta get out of here. I can't, I can't do this anymore and whatever. And now it's been 12 years and every day there's, there's, there's something new, there's something different. There's a new person. Like you said, I can help. And, um, I think it comes down to, at least for me, um, on, on the management side, you know, I, I I'm not, I'm not a big fan of managing people in general. Like I just kind of like people to mm. be able to figure their own stuff out. Um, and then we come together as a team. So thankfully I have uh, good people that are able to, to self-manage, uh, call it. But for me, it's, it's, I'll get like a, a strange lead or I'll get so, like just a weird situation that just gets my brain kind of thinking, oh, is this a new business line? Is this something that maybe we should kind of explore and whatever? And being an entrepreneur gives me that opportunity. That's how I see, you know, entrepreneurship is it gives me the opportunity to say this morning, you know what, I'm going to wake up and see if we can develop a new business line or if we can take this business line and move it here or expand here and, and whatever. So uh, it's interesting to see your perspective, but you know, you are a busy guy you said there's 200 uh, people on your staff you also have your own podcast um, and you have a lot of projects so how what is your basis of time management like how do you do you have like focus periods do you have like tell me like how, how you organize how to get everything done so <laughs> i i'm not um i haven't mastered this ultimately i feel like i'm i'm falling behind in a lot of things to be honest so i i don't know if i'm the 
best person to give advice, but I can tell you what I figured out so far. What yeah. I figured out is uh, the most important thing is that you have priorities and you have to like be quite, quite strict with your priorities and you have to I, be able to identify what really creates the the greatest impact on what on like in relation to achieving your goals and um for us it's for example for, at digistore 24 it's especially um everything around traffic and conversion so traffic means um let's say uh integration with facebook and with maybe other analytics tools and um analytics in general like the digital analytics they yeah. that, that uh, give you a lot of data about uh, what your customer is actually doing and uh, secondly of course conversion and conversion is improved by um, brand and that includes content marketing and of course the shopping cards and the reputation of the company in general so it's it's always good to focus on your priorities and to kind of like manage your energy and this is also where like um, um, remote work comes pretty handy comes in pretty handy um, if you're able to manage your own energy and if you can allocate like the most important tasks at to the time period in which you have the, the most energy and the best focus then i think you're good and and it's also like a matter of planning a little bit of buffer time so not not um, not to stress yourself too much because, you know, there, there might be something you have to research or that will slow you down. And so you shouldn't fall off your track. Um, but I think if you make like a weighted um, to-do list where you have like categories, A, B, C, D, you know, the this method like urgent and important, uh, just important, urgent, unimportant, and neither urgent nor, nor important, um, and you uh, go go that way, then I think that really helps already. Of course, you should also get enough sleep. You, sh you should like, um, like I, I, for example, I have a blue light filter in my uh, glasses so my melatonin doesn't get screwed too much in the afternoon because of all the LED lights, like where we live in a very um, unhealthy uh, environment nowadays especially like uh, the lights are pretty much pollution for your body so it yeah. um it messes with your circadian rhythm that um messes with your sleep quality so you have to kind of fix it you have to work act proactively to um yeah improve so it's it's a lot about self-improvement so basically you you manage you know it's it, the thing that I like about what you said and how you finished it is that okay yes we have to prioritize so my list is actually uh $3 signs $2 signs $1 sign so like most money middle money and whatever and 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 a lot of people tell me that I'm very greedy and I'm money hungry and stuff like that but to me it's like is it going to when it has an impact on money it has an impact on every aspect and everybody on the business it doesn't mean that it's just a contract it could be something that's like a side task that I need to do in order to like for example I need to fix a feature in our CRM in order to make things go faster so we can process more leads or or whatever the case is but um you know I I try to do that at least once a week and I think I revise it every day cuz sometimes it's like something new. But one thing I've struggled with is like you just said now is life and, and, you know, and work balance is that getting enough sleep, getting all that stuff is kind of like 
maintenance that a lot of people forget that needs to be done in order to have your priority list and be able to kind of slam it and, and do it. But I, I've toyed around and let me know if you, you've done this before, but I, I have a schedule with like color coded stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, this time, this day, whatever. I've just like really suck at it. And every time something happens and all oh, that person yeah. can't get, and it, it just, to me, at least like having like a very kind of concrete schedule always leads me to be disappointed because I'm like, I didn't even follow the schedule again yeah. today. And I just, oh, yeah. I totally can relate to that. You know, I used to make like to-do lists and I would never achieve them. And I, that frustrated the hell out of me. It was crazy. But uh, what you then can do is like you can lower the expectations a little bit. You can say, okay, what's from all the things, what's the one thing that I want to achieve today? If you can achieve three things that are really important that let's say have three dollar signs, speak in your your terms, (laughs) what's the one thing that you want from this day? And then just mainly focus on this thing and, and make it a must have and the rest are nice to have. Yeah. And this is really cool. And then also like, I think what, what's really, yeah, it's really about, um, <laughs> life is really complicated because you have to, um, you have to keep into account a lot of things. I can only do great work when I don't feel tired, but in order to not feel tired, I have to do certain things. Yeah. And so it, it depends on the time of the day. It depends on how I slept last night and, you know, sometimes a quick nap helps and like is more productive than not doing it. That's also why I like um, remote work. It's really just about the output. And um, so I think I, I think it also requires some kind of, you have to really work on ways to get energy and, and, re- and really recover. Like, for example, if you watch Netflix, that doesn't really recover you. It's another screen you're looking at. If you browse the Internet or Instagram, it doesn't really recover you. What would recover you would be uh, taking a walk, you know, going for a walk. And uh, I don't know, go go to your maybe go to your favorite restaurant or something. But you really have to figure out the little things that recover you. For me, it's um, Muay Thai, it's sports, it's weight training, it's yoga. Um, it's ice baths, for example, and going going uh, for a walk. Like I jump okay. into the ice cold and, and ice I, cold I water. Like you fill yes. it up with ice and you just yeah. take it. Wow. Okay. So like like a polar bear jump. They call they have those polar yeah. swims and stuff. Wow. So you started in the German market, yeah. uh, and you guys are you know you're crushing it in Germany still. You're still working a lot in the German market. What are some of the the challenges that you find when like when you went to the states when you started you know marketing more? Did, did you find that the kind of the same thing happens? Is it always kind of the same things to market, or did you were you surprised by a couple of things? Oh, I was surprised uh, in the way that uh, let's say in general Germans are a lot more focused on not to lose money. So they really focused on, you know, refund prevention, if that's even a word in the US, I don't know. Um, and, um, you know, they they want to like, they want to prevent refunds as good as they can. And they like to have like a process for debt collection, etc. In the US, those two are not really of interest. Um, the people from the US want to increase their revenue. They want higher conversions. They want more traffic. 
more sales, basically less work. Of course, that's our motto, by the way, with Digistore, more sales, less work. Oh, nice. <laughs> pretty cool in my opinion. Um, and so, so it's kind of the opposite, like their focus, the focus is on the opposite sides, which is great for us as a platform, because if we get both ends really right, then we're, we're really a well-rounded platform. Uh, also in regards of looking at the rest of the world as a market. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I do find, I deal a lot with Europeans and I deal a lot with Americans. Um, you know, I'm Canadian, so I'm kind of in between, but, uh, I, there is, you know, I, there's a lot of Americans that, you know, we have a lot of American merchants that try to cross over the pond and they don't find the same kind of outcome to their offers and so forth. Cause the consumer yeah. is also different, you know, not insanely different, but their purchasing habits and so forth, uh, in terms of digital products and just like the wants and needs of the digital products, do you find that a lot of, you know, like your, your, your German products and so forth, have you been able to take any and, or what are the keys to taking a, let's say successful offer in Germany or in the UK and bringing it to the U S or vice versa? That doesn't really happen too much. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't see that happening a lot because, you know, it's not just bringing the sales process over. It's also organizing support. It's, it basically doubles your work and not a lot of companies from Europe have made it overseas and enter the US market that just doesn't really happen. I mean okay. um it's it's I I don't see that a lot. I know that right now, you know, we promoted that idea on our last conference where we invited uh, in our most valuable partner group, we invited like 40 of our top vendors and affiliates and we held a conference with them. We had a, some some good uh, times with them in Dubai. And so we promoted that idea and now the first ones are also moving towards that direction. But in general, when people ask me, like, unless you have like, and unless your business is like already pretty stable and growing and quite automated so that as a, let's say as a founder or business owner, you can think about starting that business as well. It's very hard to do because you know, you would have to figure out the marketing there. It's, yeah, we have to figure out the support there. You're in a different time zone. You might need, uh, uh, you know, you might need to be present there as well. And, you know, your whole branding, your, your whole, your socials are in a certain language. And then you would have to like double your effort there as well. So it's not that easy to do. And it's, I can't say it happens a lot. Okay. Well, I mean, would you say just as a, a business owner, entrepreneur in general, would you say, you know, a lot of people have these dreams of like, kind of, Oh, let's expand to Europe. Let's expand here. And, and, and so forth when they're, let's say, let's say you're at a seven figure a month business. Um, would you say it's probably better just to focus on that marketing and get more market share in your market? Or at what point would you say, yeah, it is, it is viable. Cause you said there are some businesses that are doing it. When would you say is the opportune time to say, okay, well let's expand to another market. Or maybe you could tell us why you decided it's, to expand to another market. Like why did you decide <laughs> to do it? Um, I mean, like regarding myself, I'm very ambitious 
And I've always dreamt about like, let's say world company. And I love, you know, to get in touch with the different cultures because one of the things I love, really love about my business is I get in, I get in touch with a lot of, you know, people from all over the world. And I like to connect with them, to talk to them, to learn about their culture, uh, also their way of doing marketing, their way, their, their way of doing business, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a personal preference for me. Another thing is I don't know how stable the Euro is in the long term. I know right. that it's like, um, in, in Europe, it's almost you're like you're almost a conspiracy theorist if you even question the euro. But let's say from an economical standpoint, just looking at the facts, I see that this currency is a bit wobbly. And I want and and one thing I want is I want to minimize the risk. So I was like, hey, let me be in those several market. Let me be not just be in the eurozone. Let me be also in the yes dollar zone so that one. If one market goes down, because, you know, I've got a lot of responsibility after to get, you know, we have a lot of employees. I want to, I want them to uh, get their paycheck uh, yeah. on time uh, always. Sure. They appreciate so, that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I really want to um, secure the business as good as we can. And it's not, it's, it's, it's worthwhile for me. Um, it, it really depends on where you, where you want to go. Um, because it comes at a high cost. Like for example, I I have to fly to the US frequently because I, I need to attend the conferences there. I need to be present there, be there for the US for the US team as well, et cetera, et cetera. So it comes at a, with a cost. And the question is also lifestyle wise, do you really want that? Like, is that really worth it for you? Is that really worth it? Because it really, yeah. like as an entrepreneur, it requires your presence, your time, your focus. And, and if you just, and you're just basically doubling your efforts because, you know, um, also culturally, you know, if you have, for example, if you're a German, if you're a German business person or a German entrepreneur, you have German employees. If, if you need to have U.S. staff in the U.S., they have a very different culture. It's also yes. like as an employer, it's very different. They have a lot of other things going. They have way more, for example, political political correctness. Like that's that's way different. The, the mindset is very different. The, the people are more sensitive towards some topics and a lot less sensitive towards other topics. It's 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 very like for me, I enjoy that. I love to work with different cultures. I'm, let's say I'm mixed myself. Like I, I have an Asian background, I have a German background, so I mixed myself. So for me, it's, it's really, really fun. It's, and it's worthwhile. But if you're like an, an, a normal business owner, you have to figure out if that's really what you want to do. Yeah. And, and traveling, traveling, like you said, traveling from one end to the other, if you're building your team, I mean, you know, that, that takes a lot out of you, but you know, I do know uh, just from my experience at direct painted is that, you know, there's people who have very successful offers in one region and then they think the easiest thing is really to just go to another market, but actually the easiest thing is trying to trying to crush your market. It's easier to get more market share in the market that you already know. Like you said, you already have the marketing, the team and all that versus going somewhere else and then having the challenges like you just mentioned. So, um, you know, I guess everybody heed this as a warning, but at the same time, if you have the, the ambition that Sven has, look, he has, you know, uh, you have, you have a pretty international operation or, you know, big enough, uh, operation, but it does take some time. And I mean, just to, to give everybody perspective. Perspective. How long has Digistore been around? 
Uh, so we launched in 2012. So okay. it's been like 10 years, not yeah. as old as your company, but almost. And yeah, it's really about, you know, instead of going abroad, you might like do a little tweak in your positioning in the market of your time zone, for example. It's, it's, it yeah. could be way, it could be, it could make way more sense. Um, it's not just like going abroad is the ultimate solution. It was this, the solution for us because we needed a different, let's say, um, a different currency. Yes. Uh, a region, re like a different region with a different currency. So a different continent. Um, we know that the English market is a lot bigger than the German market. So it, ha it has more potential. And yeah. we when we did that, when we started moving there, it was, we were already, we, we are already the market leader in Europe. So like from a market leader's perspective, you have like a certain level of success. It could make sense. But yeah. if you're struggling with your, your, with your own market, then you might just tweak your positioning a little bit and like target another group or a smaller group that would appreciate you or your product or your service a little bit more and going abroad might be another step down the road in the future because it comes with a great overhead and great co big costs, you know, because you also, you know, have to set up accounting and all the legal stuff and et cetera, and all For the sure. FTC, whatever. You know, we in Germany, you don't have that big FTC thing. Like we, we, <laughs> we had to hire a lot of FTC lawyers to, 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 to be able to figure out like what we are allowed to do and whatnot. Um, whereas, for example, in Europe, they're going crazy about GDPR and data protection privacy. and privacy. Like it's all about privacy and, and per se dealing with data is illegal in Europe, unless for mm. these exception A, exception B, exception C, like it has to be like contract based. It has to be like in the best interest of the public, blah, blah, blah. So, but, but per se it's illegal to deal Anyhow, with, with data in the US, it's not a problem, in the, but in the US, you have the FTC and it's very strict there, et cetera, et cetera. So every market's very different and you can like easily lose yourself in, in all these bureaucratic things. But then again, when you have a certain level of success, then it could make sense. But well, I in mean, general, right now, I don't recommend it. Yeah. You, but you, you are selling, you are selling a lot of digital product owners and just online owners to come to DigiStore 24. Cause it sounds like you've already kind of skipped all of that. And you, and, and people who come onto your platform can maybe, you know, yes. uh, benefit from, uh, you know, obviously you having done all those steps and your teams yes. in the different locations. So, I mean, if you are looking to, uh, and I always say this, uh, even on a payments perspective, cause people are like, well, I'll just use my merchant account in the U S and, and process payments in Europe doesn't work like that. There's debit, no. there's different, different things. So it's like, you need localized payment modes. So the good thing about working with a platform like DigiStore 24 is guys, they've, they've figured it all out for you. You can contact their team and voila, they can kind of at least guide you to, to the best practices and whether it, it does make sense to take your, your yes. product somewhere else. Yes, we've taken away so many. Thanks for mentioning that we ta we've taken away so many hurdles, like bureaucratic hurdles, uh, FTC rules. I mean, you can just uh, uh, like uh, set a check mark and say, "Hey, I'm selling." Like me as a, for example, a US vendor, I can sell in Europe, and then you set the check mark, and then it goes through a local um, payment gateway. And you're still processing everything through Digistore, which is pretty amazing. I think that's pretty unique in the world. Like, especially you know that coming from a 
payment, uh, let's say background. And um, that's that's solely true. So we, we we're eliminating a lot of hurdles. So we were helping companies become more international. Um, however, you have to consider that move, especially regarding marketing and support. But that's, you can't figure that out. But I think you were you were asking about when does it make sense? It makes sense once you have the means to do that. Okay. You have to, you know, you have to be, let's say, successful enough so that you can kind of automate this process as well so that you can afford to hire a bunch of people that help you with that and um, and get it going. So I think you need a certain level of success and enough time resources. So I have, I have all thing. these burning questions and I'm like, okay, so now we have, we have a somewhat plan, let's say, for example, somebody who wants to go from one coast to the other and so forth. But in terms of the product itself, because I know, you know, a lot about this stuff and obviously uh, with the success that you guys have, you see this, you know, day in, day out, but what, you know, obviously in 2012 to now, there's been 10 years of progression in these digital products. What what you did in 2012, 2015, even hell, you know, what you did last year is probably not going to work now. What are the keys to kind of staying successful with a digital product now? Like what are the, the, give me, let's say, let's, let's limit it to two or three of the big things that people are doing that are making their digital program successful. So the first thing you have to get right to really be successful is your positioning. Meaning just like what we talked about, like if you're targeting the right market, if it's too much of a red ocean, or if you're like, if you're like, if you're the big player in a red ocean, that's fine. But if it's too much of a red ocean, your positioning could be, uh, let's say, keeping you from bigger success. And the other thing, um, in my opinion, is how like the quality of your product, because ultimately the best marketing is recommendations of other people. And if they do that genuinely because they love your product, then you have like, you have like a multiplicating factor. And then you have like um, a factor that really helps you to constantly improve conversions over your competitors. And I know, especially people from, um, from the US, they're way more marketing focused as opposed to people from Europe. But yeah. I think both are right. You should have great marketing, but also you should have great product to support your marketing. Yeah, well, it's it comes back to your refund thing. A lot of time I yeah. find like I work in both markets myself and I find, yes, the U S is very focused on marketing and they have fantastic marketing, a lot of the merchants, but there's no meat in the product. So people buy and they're like, this is kind of yeah. underwhelming because they were oversold about it. Um, so, you know, I definitely agree. One thing, I guess the, the first thing that you said is really niche down versus niche up, you know, don't be a catch all yeah. figure out if you're a coach, you're a coach, a fitness coach that works with, uh, you know, women between 40 and 50 that had three kids, like just really niche down yeah. because the world is so big now that like, you'll find a couple hundred thousand people in every niche, which could be enough for you to kind of get your start. And then you can add, you know, more niches. And then, yeah. you know, uh, secondly, it's, it's just really, uh, at least for me, what I find is that a lot of people are afraid afraid to give the good information as their initial offer. Um, yeah. I feel like you should have the best information right at the beginning, and then you can kind of start watering it down. What's, 
you know, like when somebody's listening to my podcast, when somebody's listening to you and, and your podcast, which we're going to talk about in a second, um, you know, you, you can't start with like boring stuff or, or not actionable tips. Like, you know, you have to start with something that's yeah. actionable. So if somebody, you know, logs into your program and it's like, it takes three hours before they get to anything that they can actually use, you know, you've already lost them. They've already asked for a refund and so forth. So kind of get to the point. And, uh, I'm never myself afraid to give any tips. I give tips for free all the time. I tell people all this information because that's what gets people to gravitate towards me. You know what I mean? And want to work with yeah. me because they feel like I'm sharing. So, um, you know, I feel like that, that, that is a, a key lesson. And in terms of, you know, when like you guys work a lot in digital products, but you are, if I'm not mistaken, doing some physical goods as well, right? You still, yeah. okay. Do you find that a hybrid model works well, or if you're a digital state digital, if you're a physical state physical? The, the standard is actually a hybrid model. Okay. Like a lot of people, for example, who sell online courses or online coachings, they might like in non, uh, let's say COVID periods, they might sell seminars like live seminars, live get togethers, uh, in-person coachings, um, as well as books, for example, physical books, people like to, um, send out physical books that that's become kind of a standard. So I can really recommend doing both because okay. both have their, like, usually when you create a funnel, you have like a value letter. And um, if you, for example, as an entry for your funnel, if you sell a, a physical book that people are, that people really, really like the content of, then you already like have a really positive tone. You've set a positive tone and you uh, got the goodwill of the customer um, to go through your funnel and buy more expensive stuff from you because oh. they know you and they like yes. you already. Visual reminders, right? When somebody looks at something, yeah. they'll see it and, and you know, so that's also marketing potential. Like, you know, like if someone really likes your book, they might talk about it. They might, might hold it in camera. They might do a book review, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all like this, uh, what I call a recommendation marketing that I was just talking about, but it's not affiliate marketing because affiliates usually they make money. They earn commissions with that. Yeah. I'm basically talking about just people who genuinely want to recommend something without even receiving any money for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think uh, that's like kind of the premise of influencer marketing. It almost start influencer marketing almost started just like of people kind of recommending, and then obviously it grew to the point that people were like, "Hey, I can actually make money from recommending things yeah. to people who follow me and stuff like that." So, I mean, that's interesting. Um, I have one last question about you know your 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 marketing and 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 just like Digistore and what you see in the future because I know you know you're 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 quite the visionary and you have a lot of stuff going on. So I'm curious. What is your prediction of where things are going? Because right now, and I do have to say, I'll give you some positioning to my question. You know, there's a coach to every coach of, of a coach. There's just coaching programs and so much digital content. It's so difficult to actually find, you know, something to value because there's, you know, pardon mm -hmm. me, there's so much crap out there that it's like, you know, I've actually had friends who have uh, bought digital programs that were like 10, 15,000. They were just like, I would log in and be like, what is this? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, so, you know, obviously there's going to be, you know, as the market matures, there's going to be more people wiped out, but what do you see is the future of the digital marketing, you know, education and programs and so forth? I think they will become more professional. Because, you know, they will all 
there was like a time period where Google and Facebook would have, let's say, lower um, advertising standards and restrictions. And it was really easy to sell um, a very overhyped stuff. And that will become more and more difficult. So the ones that ultimately are will be able to um, advertise on Google and Facebook will be, let's say, more serious companies, more professional companies that actually deliver and that are, that are perceived as like a real company. Yeah. So um, I think this is where everything is, is heading. And, and it just comes down to what I mentioned initially, initially um, you want to create a You want to have great marketing, great branding, but also a great product. And you want to take care of your customers really well. And you want to have everyone know about that. Okay. So, you know, look at your product, look at your marketing and make sure you have good customer service because customer service is very underestimated. I think uh, for every company, people don't realize after you buy, if somebody has a question, they can't get it answered. Yeah they're charging back, they're refunding, they're pissed off. They're not recommending you, you know, so after sales support guys, uh, really big one. So keep that in mind. So Sven, I just wanted to close up quickly and ask you a little bit about your podcast. Cause I mean, obviously you're running this big company and you're flying all over the world and you're supporting all these merchants, but you've also, um, decided to have a podcast and kind of get your, you, you know, share different things with the world. Tell me a little bit about your podcast and like what you talk about. So, Thanks for mentioning the podcast. Uh, it's actually called Svencast. It's it's a it's a cool name that my uh, creative director came up with, Dushan. Um, in my podcast, I like to talk about entrepreneur stuff, about self improvement, about business, um, also about cool projects of other entrepreneurs, as, as also just like our conversation, life as an entrepreneur is not just business it's also what you do to uh for example to recover and how you do it the best and i've had like very interesting uh conversations about uh, for example there was uh there was someone who had like a shoe company xerox shoes and um and so he had like a shoe company that gives you kind of like a natural contact with the ground so you get um so you get Energy, the, the energy, like, the energy, the earth, that, yeah. say the, the, um, the negatively charged particles from the earth, you get it through your feet and that makes you more healthy. And, uh, it's like, it's like barefoot walking, but not with those barefoot shoes, but like with more stylish shoes. And that's, for example, something I, I liked very much. And, um, so I talk about how to be, how to become better as an entrepreneur uh, in life and, uh, how to be more productive. So it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a passion project, basically, the, yeah. the podcast. Okay. Yeah. And it's also, um, it's also great marketing because it's giving value because, you know, the problem with normal ads is they're highly, you know, they're highly professional, they're well-produced, but like nowadays, like there is, especially in the U S there is advertising everywhere, everywhere. You just get, get, get in a taxi and then you see a screen with ever advertising and with it's crazy. Like you're being spammed everywhere. And so the only way to really get to get through and brand yourself is to deliver some kind of value. And I, I was thinking, okay, what value can I deliver? Because I just have limited time 
Um, I like good conversations. I like meaningful conversations like this one here. And, uh, and I have a great network being like the founder of Digistore 24. I get to know a lot of interest, very interesting people who figure out very interesting things. And I want to share that with the world. And I'm also very happy that if someone just used some of the, the tips to improve their lives or their business or both. That really makes me happy. Awesome. So where, where can we find this, this podcast? So it's Fencast and is it on regular podcast platforms like Apple yeah. and so forth? Yes, it's on, on Apple. Um, it's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. And the website, the website is uh, Svencast.com. Okay, awesome. So guys, we're going to have those in the show notes below. Sven, uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you or speak to somebody at Digistore24, what's the best place? Is just go on the website or is there anywhere else they can find your team? Um, uh, you can find me and me personally on Instagram, for example, Sven Platte, S-V-E-N-P-L-A-T-T-E, Papa, Lima, Alpha, Tango, Tango, Echo. Uh, <laughs> And uh, the website is digistore24.com and there you can contact. Awesome. Uh, well, I've, us. I've had the, I've had the pleasure of meeting different people in your team. And I do have to say, uh, just from the couple of people that I know, uh, you know, professionalism is huge. Like, I mean, I just, the people are, are, are ple pleasant to work with. They know their stuff and uh, they're, they're a fun gang. Cause I, I actually met up the, my first experience was, uh, with somebody from your team in, uh, in Vegas just recently. Um, and they have great parties. So, <laughs> so that's, that, that's a big bonus. So Sven, thank you so much, guys. I'm going to have Sven's information in the contact notes below. Um, and if you want to reach out to Sven or listen to his podcast, check it out on, um, every popular podcast platform. So thank you so much, Sven, for, for your time today. Uh, and I really appreciate all the tips and all the, the wonderful information you shared. Thank you so much, Maria. It was great fun to talk to you. Hope you found today's session valuable. If you have any questions for me or just want to connect, please feel free to visit my website, mariasparagis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-S-P-A-R-A-G-I-S.com. I'd love to hear what you're working on. So drop me a line on any hot button issues your business is experiencing. And remember, don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once. 